I mean, at the end of the day, we sometimes we, you know, we look at the numbers and we're saying, okay, we need to increase the ROI day seven. We need to increase the retention day 30. And we look at the numbers and we, and we treat them like numbers. But at the end of the day, there are people that download your game, like me, like you, and all over the world. And at the end of the day, it's the game experience. It's the first time user experience is that. How do you get your first million users? Hello and welcome to Growth Masterminds. My name is John Katsir. I'm starting a new series, as you might know, in Growth Masterminds. It's about the cold start, your first apps, your first users. It's about failing, it's about iterating, it's about learning, it's about growing, figuring it out and starting to scale. Our guest today is someone who's been there and done that. He's been the marketing lead at Wevo, head of growth at Huge Games, now VP of marketing at Mad Brain Games, who make Word Farm Adventure. It's a fast-growing game that is a mashup of word puzzles and a world-building farm sim. Welcome, Ite. Hey, John. It's great being here. How are you? Super good to have you. And you know what? Super good that you're rolling with it. You thought this was the prep session. It's the actual full-on video <laughs> recording. You're rolling with it. Awesome. You're not shy. Tell us yeah. about your current game. Oh, okay. So Word Farm Adventure is a, is a word casual puzzle game. Uh, it's basically has an amazing story about uh, you as a player trying to save the animals from the evil Uncle Jack, save the farm, uh, renovate it, and then progress to many other amazing locations that we have in the game. Uh, while you're solving crossword puzzles, challenging your brain, enjoying a good word game. Awesome. Mashups are such a thing right now. Hey, I mean, taking elements of like world building, taking elements of word puzzles, and now you're, you know, Sims and everything. Uh, it's interesting how that's such a thing right now. It is. It is. I mean, it started like a few years ago. I think that uh, it called it caused like the escapes part of the game. Where you have the the core game at an arcade where you solve word puzzles and, and again challenging your brain and 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 spend some time trying to uh, uh, get better at it. But then you earn some uh, some shovels, some stars in other games, and you go and you there's another story to the game where you renovate stuff, where you building uh, villas, mall, county fair. That's super amazing because it gives and uh, I mean, two dimension to the game. And mm -hmm. one of it is for the people who like to, again, challenge their brain and solve puzzles. And the other uh, part is more like design part, uh, artistic side of the, of the game, I would say. So it's a great combination for players that love uh, to play in both, uh, I think, in both areas. Yeah, yeah. And it's got the quick hits of fun. It's also got the building, the long-term build, uh, which is a kind of neat combination that we see in other places as well. Now, you're starting to scale right now. Walk us through the journey. It hasn't been easy. No, it wasn't been easy. Uh, I'd say that you have to, we failed a lot. So basically, Melbourne Games is a company we exist for. It's a gaming startup that exists for, for I think, three years now. And we have several games in our portfolio. Warcharm Adventure is our main title. We've been now struggling the first uh, two years with the game. And I'm saying struggling, I mean, it took us, uh, it took us some time to understand how to 
monetize better if I'm if I'm talking about business metrics, how to retain uh, our players uh, longer in the game, uh, a lot of iterations on the product itself, uh, a lot of iterations on the marketing strategy until we reach to a point where we have, uh, I'd say, uh, a solid uh, marketing strategy together with the solid product. And uh, we're now able to to run this machine on a, on a higher scale. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's good that it took us a while to, to it took us a while to, to get there, uh, because we really built it not from, uh, it wasn't like an easy success story. Uh, it's still not, I mean, we have a lot of, a lot to go. We have a lot of work to do, but I think it's good that it took us a while and we did some, uh, uh, we did many iterations again on the product side, on the marketing side. In order to really understand the value and the quality of our product, uh, alongside some sophisticated and 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 uh, innovating marketing strategies, and uh, now I think that we are in in a very good position, and we feel very comfortable with scaling our marketing budgets, and uh, yeah, we're doing it at the moment. What was one of the core times when you had to iterate, when you learned something, when something wasn't working and you had to switch and then you fixed it? So I think that, I think that the, the, one of the main challenges today, not only for Warframe Adventure, but for, for gaming companies and game developers in general is, uh, is retaining uh, users uh, in the game. Uh, it means that today with today's competition and you have competition like you never had before, uh, the amount of games is just growing. Marketing budgets are increasing significantly. Uh, it means that there are more games that are competing for, uh, the same amount of players. Uh, with that said, uh, we had to understand what value we can give to our players to keep them in the game longer. Uh, but at the same time, uh, we also had to understand how we can monetize faster. And again, talking about business metrics, which sometimes those two things are not going uh, smoothly together. Because mm-hmm. especially for Warframe Adventure, which is an ad-based game. So monetize faster, monetize better means, you know, putting more ads in the game. Yes, so exactly. Obviously, yeah, that's super annoying for players. Some players are, are okay with that, some not. And obviously that's a, a big challenge for us. How, how can we still keep the game experience uh, good and solid for the players and not make them churn so fast? Mm-hmm. That's uh yeah, hard rock immovable force, right? You need to retain, you need it to be a great experience, need it to be fun, you need to make some money because otherwise you can't build it, do it, all that stuff. And so finding a way to make that work. I found it super interesting that you said that it was good that it was hard because you learned the real value. It's funny because just my last interview hasn't even published yet. By the time this comes out, it'll have come out. My last interview was with Hannah Parvaz, she's a UA consultant. She's been everywhere, helps hundreds of apps all over the place. And the first thing that she says is 
understand your users, understand what they want, understand your customers, what they need, what value you're providing, what you're doing. And that's the core of, of, of growth that can last. And it feels squishy. It feels, it feels, I don't know, consultant speak or something like that, but it's real. I mean, that, that is actually what you're doing. You're providing an experience. And if it's not the one that somebody's looking for, uh, they're not going to stick around. It's, 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 it's so true. I mean, at the end of the day, we, sometimes we, you know, we look at the numbers and we're saying, okay, we need to increase the ROI day seven. We need to increase the retention day 30. And we look at the numbers and we, and we treat them like numbers. But at the end of the day, there are people that download your game, like me, like you, uh, all over the world. And at the end of the day, it's the game experience. It's the first time user experience is that, uh, it's then the, you know, the, the longer, uh, retention user experience that needs to be, uh, feeling enough, fun, challenging at the same time, uh, for the player. And mm -hmm. once you, you, I mean, on, on our side, at least, I mean, I think every game uh, studio would do the same, but it's super important that you'll play your own game every day and try to be the less biased you can and understand the pain points and tackle them uh, without any, you know, I call it like game developers ego. I mean, put that aside, really try to understand that Sometimes you're doing things wrong and you need to stick them fast. And, uh, and we also super close and paying uh, attention to our players at the end of the day, our, uh, you know, support teams walking around the clock and trying to understand what are the main issue at the moment, because, you know, we always, you're releasing new features, new versions things can go wrong features might the features that you work on may not be at the end of the day what you planned when you draw them on the on the board so mm -hmm. you need to be on top of things under like listen to your users your players play the game yourself um i think that that is something that once you understand that you uh, you can be your own going to say it. you can be your own uh, gatekeeper i don't know how to say it exactly but you can uh, prevent things from happening before they happen i i want to underline that piece of advice that you just gave play your own game play your own game play your own game feel it as somebody out there who downloads it feels it right oh this is annoying oh why did they do that oh why is this here that's so important and i think that there's a good chunk of people who don't play their own games and i i gotta say that playing mobile games which is you know fun is also the best way to learn about mobile games and what's good about them and what's bad about them and that's going to give you a lot of insight about growth i want to ask you are starting to scale now, but you've had to iterate and learn and retrench and figure out and all that stuff. Did you ever have some doubts along the way? Did you think, are we going to get this? Are we going to solve this? Are we going to figure this out? Is this going to start rolling downhill? Every day. I mean, I mean, every day is, is an expression. Yeah. But, but at the end of the day, especially startup and gaming startup, uh, it's a roller coaster. Uh, I mean. You know, we started before COVID. I mean, a bit before COVID. And COVID was amazing for the gaming industry. 
unfortunately for the world, it wasn't, but for the gaming industry, uh, it was good. So many companies were uh, founded at the at COVID, basically many gaming companies, many investors, uh, a lot of investor capital went, uh, has been invested in the gaming industry. It means more games, it means more marketing budget. And at the end of the day, again, I'm going back to competition uh, with so many games. Uh, after COVID uh, has ended, uh, we we took a hit because mm -hmm. uh, people went back to reality and gaming uh, in general uh, went down. Well, usage and uh, and revenue and, and everything. There are so many articles and reports about that. And so obviously for a gaming startup that has been uh, experiencing uh, the good COVID time and then the bad post-COVID time, uh, bad time, uh, it's a water coaster. Uh, mm -hmm. We had times where we uh, thought that we're going to break all records uh, in one day. And we had times when we thought, okay, maybe that's not the right way. Uh, but that exactly those are the points where you need, again, to invent yourself, iterate, and... Uh, it sounds like a cliche, but but never give up in a way that you, if you believe in the game, and at the end of the day, we do believe in the game, uh, so you need to keep on going, iterate things, and uh, and get some uh, and get some successes. Love it. Uh, so in those successes, and it's nice to see you have had those days where wow, where it's going straight up the graph and the chart is looking amazing that's incredible and of course you're going to have those days where what the heck is happening here if you look at the journey uh starting a new game in this insane competitive environment super challenging what's the hardest part of the cold start is it getting your first few hundred users is it what is it it's uh so there's there's Sometimes it's individual for the game type that you want to launch. And I think that, okay, so as a game developer, again, we have four games. One of them is World Trauma Adventure, which we have talked about, but we have three more that we developed and still developing uh, in-house. And, and, and also when I was huge games, uh, the head of growth, the growth the department basically was responsible to launch new games. So I'm quite familiar with the challenges uh, of launching new games. And I'd say that what's, what is the, I think that, I think that the biggest challenge at the end of the day is, is seeing your idea that you think is going to be like the best in the market because you did the market research and you have the best design team and the art is amazing and the product, I mean, what can go wrong crashes when you launch the game at the end of the day. And, uh, and, and that's, that's okay. Leave that aside. The fact that you uh, said about that, it's also, uh, the amount of time resources that you invested in developing a game that you see, like in one moment that you, uh, I mean, it's not one moment, tech land and soft land to take a few months, but if it doesn't go up, uh, so a lot of investment, uh, went into the trash. Uh, and the biggest challenge for us is obviously, again, you, you design the game, you build the product, you launch it in marketing, and then you understand that you have a lot of iterations uh, to mm -hmm. do. It's not a, 
it's it's not magic. I mean, mm-hmm. it's the the I think that I I'm not I don't know exactly like I don't know a game that just launched and everything went smoothly and was okay. Flappy so, Bird, yeah, Hitler. <laughs> it's a long way. There's a long way to go, and there's a lot of uh, changes to do. Uh, and I mean, from the moment that you launch the game till is is ready to go to global launch. It could be two, three, four months if you're lucky, up to one, two years. Um, yeah, it's a long way. Growth today is different than it was even two years ago. Uh, device identifiers, IDFA is scarce. GID is probably going away. Um, it's going away according to what uh, Google has said. There may be some changes on that. We'll see how that goes, but it's going to be different. What's working for you in the new environment? I mean, things have changed. That's right. Uh, the deprecation of IDFA was uh, was a, was a big thing. Still a big thing. It doesn't mean that we're not advertising on iOS, and that's important to say. Obviously, the rules of the game has changed. Uh, it's 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 much more difficult. I would say to reach your exactly uh, target audience. There are still some ad networks that offer different solutions uh, for advertising on iOS devices. So you're talking about scan and specifically. So it's still, I would say it's still a big challenge. Uh, We are doing scan, we are advertising on iOS. Because at the end of the day, what we're all always saying internally is that, I mean, okay, basically Apple has removed the use of your field, but it doesn't mean that I don't have for all the people in the world that have iPhone still have iPhone and we still need to find a way to reach them. And so I'd say that the rules of the game has changed, but doesn't necessarily mean that we're not, I mean, another advertisers that I know as well specifically are doing very well on iOS. You just need to try, you need to test your uh, schemas, you need to uh, follow best practices, test, 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 and at the end of the day, I believe we still have, by the way, iOS for us, it's still not going so smoothly, uh, mm-hmm. but we know that it's uh, it's a market that we must advertise to, so we're still trying and testing. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Android would do the same, that would be difficult. I <laughs> think that would be difficult because, you know, you still have your safe spot on Android devices, you know how to target. And also for us, again, on, as, as an ad revenue-based game, uh, obviously the mediation part, the ad monetization part is our bread and butter. So. When you're buying users that you don't have your IDFA for them, and also advertisers that advertise in your game, I mean, you, you're, you're not able to maximize your ECPF for those users at the end of the day because no one knows who they are. Issues, but uh, I think that uh, at the end of the day, if you if you want and you can and you have the resources to test iOS, you'll be there. 
hopefully those two challenges balance out somewhat. You can't exactly target anymore. So hopefully the price is going down a little bit. Although when you get somebody in and they're seeing ads, the people who are buying those ads can't exactly target either. So their bid is going down a little. Hopefully that cancels out somewhat. Hopefully. <laughs> Hope is not a strategy. Hopefully. <laughs> Testing. Review. Oh, man. Okay, let's end here. How does the growth job evolve? As your game matures, you, you've iterated, you've learned, you've got a core of, of users, you know, what works, you know, the value you provide, and you know how to move forward. Doesn't mean the challenges will end. Uh, they will continue. The roller coaster will, will continue, but does the job evolve a little bit? Yeah. I mean, now it's basically, we, we're just getting started, right? Cause we have been through a lot. Now the product is good. So all the pressure is on the marketing team, my team, uh, and now the story is about scaling. Yeah. That's true. That's, that's basically our challenge because think about that, that again, as an ad-based game, for example, CPIs, cost per install is so important for us. Uh, we really need to keep it on. I know that everyone are saying, okay, but look at ROI. What do you care about CPI? That's not true. Uh, we need, uh, those lower CPIs or to, uh, recoup faster to get our payback. I mean, you don't have to agree to pay super high CPIs. If you insist, if you are building the right strategies, you're also able to reduce significantly your cost per installs. And I think that uh, everyone are saying, and that's true that the CPI I mean, if I can invest in the CPI index over the years, you know, buying a user, a player in 2011, 2012, less than a dollar, a paying user, okay, in the US. Uh, obviously, today the numbers are, are so higher than that. So I think that still, yes, the, the increase in competition, increase in marketing budgets, uh, at the end of the day, uh, that's the main reason for CPIs to go up, but with the right creative strategy and with putting a lot of attention on CPIs, uh, you are able to keep them low. And I'm talking a lot about CPIs because you asked about now what to do, like what's the growth mindset at the moment. So the growth mindset at the moment is to scale, but when you're scaling budget significantly, uh, 10 times, 20 times, 30 times what you're spending right now, obviously you expect CPIs to go up. That's our main challenge at the moment. So we're working really, really hard on, on creatives. And right now we just, uh, signed on a new partnership with the, with the new, very innovative company that, uh, basically, uh, create, uh, marketing creatives, especially specifically for gaming, uh, using AI only. Uh, what we so far did with the internal video editors that we still love them and they still work for us and do an amazing job. Uh, but now with that AI company, uh, which I'm not sure if I can tell the name, but I think they're still under the radar. Uh, we are able to get one, two, three concepts per day, which so far we had like. Uh, I mean, I think it's, it, 
multiply the number of creative that we're doing in a week by five or six, something like that. And uh, so that's a good way how to deal with CPIs, working on the creative, different length, different concepts. And, and that's our challenge at the moment. Growing the game is growing the game in marketing budgets, growing marketing budgets, it's CPIs going up, perform is going down. That's not the case. Trying to keep it very, very low. That's what we're doing. Is there any organic component to your growth or are you focusing entirely on paid? And maybe are there verticals that work better with organic? Well, John, that, uh, that's a good question. Because uh, it seems like something that we just discussed about. So for my time at Huge Games, it was, I think, almost three years ago. Uh, we had a very solid and, and benchmark for what is a paid factor. A organic, I would say like how much of your uh, daily installs coming from organic. And uh, we had, I think, uh, the benchmark in the industry, it's around 30% uh, mm -hmm. for, for the benchmark. Yeah, obviously there are games with much more and there are games with, uh, with less. And now uh, with Google Play saying that the store is going to be much more uh, personalized uh, to the specific, to the individual, uh, and not every keyword activate the same games and so on and so on. We, the, we, uh, see the opposite. We see that the organic factor is declining, um, uh, for us at the moment. And that's not so good because at the end of the day, you want to enjoy this organic plastic. But if you look at it on a different perspective and say, okay, I made it with a very, very low percentage of my insoles coming from organic traffic, it means that once I'll be able to increase that, uh, I'm probably going to do much better than what I'm doing today. Yeah. So we'll be very glad if our organic factor will go up than what we have now, but still we may, we are doing well without it. So once it will uh, uh, be added, we'll be in a very good place. I think that's a really smart way to look at it. And I think that organic is interesting. Um, you can get it when you're super established and you have a brand and people know you because that snowball starts to roll. As a small company, there's an opportunity maybe in a niche where you have a super passionate, you know, group, core group that spread and everything like that. But sort of in between those extremes, it's it's really challenging. And that should grow over time. And honestly, organic won't save you if you don't understand your game mechanic and you don't understand your LTV and you don't understand your monetization and your retention and all that stuff. In any case, this has been a ton of fun. I've really enjoyed having the conversation. Anything else that you want to share that you've learned, maybe recently, that would be helpful for others who are growing to their first million users? Um. Just again, play your game, iterate, try things. And if you believe in it, uh, then I believe that the, that's the, the secret sauce for, uh, for for success. We have a long way to go. We still need to grow our game. It's still a big challenge at the moment. Uh, but yeah, it was super fun. Thank you for having me, John. Thank you so much. 